don't forget to check out DLF. Uh, that's Dynasty League Football. Uh, those are the people that keep us in work. Not work, because work normally means like employment. Uh, but we're not employees. Um, they are just crazy enough to give us uh, a platform to talk about football and keep talking about fantasy football as well, which we both love. So definitely check out Dynasty League Football. I probably don't mention that enough because they're all great people and really enjoy the site. And we think you will too. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard, at PA Howdy on Twitter. I write for DLF, and this is one of the DLF family of podcasts, freshly minted. I'm here with Jake Anderson, at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter, who also writes and works and does graphics and all sorts of things for DLF. Um, how are you doing tonight, Jake? I'm good. I'm good. I'm Actually, I'm fantastic, to be honest with you. I am so thrilled that football is back, baby. Yeah, baby. Um, I feel the exact same way. I'm way too excited. Like, this could be a really great episode if I can just keep it toned down <laughs> enough to actually do it. Because I'm incredibly excited. So much has gone on. So many interesting players to talk about. This is our first in-season episode, talking about one player at a time after games have been played. This will be our very first one, so that's exciting too. Um, I don't know about you, but in season, I like to think of it um, more as a dogfight. If I'm going to use an, a, a, a Top Gun analogy, where you basically, I see myself as having to bank harder and faster without spinning out the sky as everyone else. I, I really try and speed up my decision-making process. In season, are you more likely to react quicker, or do you try to continue up a steady pace? No, I try to react to week one. I, obviously, you don't want to overreact, but I think you have to be ready to realize that you may have been wrong on some things, and every single NFL season is a brand new storyline, and there's still 15 games left, and some players start slow, some players start hot. Um, so I'm not going to go crazy with um, being overreactionary but i am ready to <laughs> change some opinions and, and see what kind of usage um players are getting so for me it's just exciting and i th i think if you're not ready to react then you can be way too late to the game that's exactly how i see it so anyone listening should be aware of that if you like to play at a more steady pace especially in season like the whole off season's about building this, building that, and looking for value. And we do lots of that in season as well. But I, in season, it's not just you're always meant to be winning. It's actually trying to win. Tonight, we have selected our player to talk about. One that I think is very important, not just as uh, a player for fantasy for this season and going forward in Dynasty, um, but also about what's going on with fantasy football right now. So do you want to tell us who we're talking so about? So tonight we're going to talk about uh, probably the waiver wire gem of possibly an entire season, for Dynasty Leagues at least. We know uh, Dynasty rosters are generally relatively deep, so the waiver wire is pretty sparse. And we're going to talk about Philip Lindsay, 
an undrafted rookie um, from University of Colorado that got drafted by his hometown Denver Broncos. Uh, Philip Lindsay is, you know, he caught a lot of steam in preseason, and, and I think he he blew everybody away, including myself, who was a fan of his, um, with the amount of usage he got in Week One. I mean, Philip Lindsay is a three-star recruit, and he's he's like five eight, one hundred and ninety pounds. So he's he's a small guy, um, but he's he's he doesn't really play the way you would you would envision that kind of player to play. Um, this is a guy that I think there's a lot of other players in in dynasty that he kind of projects to a similar role, and that's his bread and butter is going to be that pass catching third down specialist. But the thing is, he got just as many carries as Royce Freeman in week one. He got 17 carry or 15 carries. They both had 71 yards. So his usage was really surprising to me. Even though I was a fan, I just, I didn't see it coming. He's not super explosive. I mean, I think he ran a 4-4 at the combine. So he does have good speed, but I mean, he's 190 pounds. So I, I would imagine his size adjusted speed scores aren't all that impressive. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. throw you back, Jake. I'm going to give you space to talk on the rest of this show. I know sometimes I don't. But don't worry, you don't have to get it all out here in front. We're going to have to circle back. To start with, I think I just have two questions. And the first one is, what type of player do you think this is? Is he just... And not to say just as in as if it doesn't matter. And that's that's one thing I want to talk about. The fact that these... All roles are valuable if you value them the right way. So, again, um, who is he? What does he do? What is his role? Is there an example? And um, how valuable is that for weekly starts in fantasy football? Sure. I mean, I think that's a that's a difficult question to answer be just because if you size him up from his, from, his, from his size and his playing style, I don't know if I see many players in the NFL that are kind of like him. Um you don't see a lot of guys that are 5'8", 190 pounds. I mean, you could say he's the Darren Sproles type of player. I don't think he plays like Darren Sproles. Yeah, like this um, guy looks at Chris Thompson and goes, Whoa, slow down there, fella. You're, you're a little too girthy. <laughs> wow, you're huge, yes. right? <laughs> yeah, Chris Thompson is jacked, is jacked compared to Philip Lindsay. Yes. So I think finding a comparison for Philip Lindsay, and I was thinking about this just today, watching, you know, kind of rewatching some tape, and I, I always try to go back and and you know refamiliarize myself with some tape before we get started on our podcast. And uh, I don't know if I have a comp for him, and, and I think that's part of the problem. But he's going to be that guy. Doesn't have that's... to be a comp to like what you're seeing, but like what type of role you're seeing him perform? Is there another like um, he? He's described, and I think that's accurate, that he was running the ball and catching the ball, but in small volume compared to, like, obviously, uh, a Devontae Freeman or a, uh, a David Johnson. Obviously, nowhere near that type of volume in either area. But um, is there someone with that dual role, but that limited, that lower volume level dual role? Sure. I mean, we've talked, and I know you're a big fan, and we talked a little bit about this. I think Austin Eckler's kind of role is, is kind of where he's he's residing. Maybe a, a better version of uh, Jalen Rashard. We saw him get utilized a lot in the two-minute drill and in the hurry-up offense in Oakland. Um, I think he's a much better runner, um, more capable runner than Jalen Rashard. Um, I don't know if he's quite as good as Austin Eckler is, but I think that's the kind of role that you're kind of envisioning for him. You know, that 10 to 15, maybe 20 touches every once in a while, but probably more than that 10 to 15 range. 
And the one that was kind of sticking out to me was Giovanni Bernard before Joe Mixon. So just what you're seeing, is he performing the same type of role like in-game as a Gio Bernard when Jeremy Hill was their lead dog or um i'm off base on that no i think that's i think that's probably a not decent, the same type yeah of player, not the but... same type of player but a similar role there yeah i could see that because geo went between the tackles plenty mm-hmm. uh, i think at different spots and so yeah i i think just in terms of role so that aside and what type of player or how good he is the role itself is limiting it, interesting because i don't know there are so many and that's what i'd say about Lindsay and eckler and some of these others i'm going to talk about in the same area in terms of fantasy starts and that's the difference he does seem to have and we're again one week banking hard on something that's probably going to change a little bit as the season goes on he had much more of a dual role than i'm used to seeing for the type of player he's going to be typecast Mm -hmm. as no and the the thing is, I think he's I think he's quick and I think he's fast, but he's not so fast and so agile that he's gonna he's not the smaller back that likes to bounce everything outside. And I think he uses right. that that mentality and that physicality and that that meanness that his family kind of represents his attitude on the field to his advantage. I mean, he talks about it too, where he thinks he thinks he's no one's gonna take him down, and obviously he's gonna get taken down because he's not very big. But yeah, someone's gonna. He take runs him. very, <laughs> and you saw that uh, against Seattle. There, I mean, he does get tripped up somewhat easily at, at times, and that's the thing that's kind of funny about him is, and I talked about it with Joe Mixon a little bit too, where sometimes his contact balance is is really good actually, and then sometimes he just goes down, um, kind of like on a, a shoestring tackle. So it's kind of confusing there um but i think that does have to do with his size but i think when he gets caught moving laterally that's when he gets taken down really easily but when he gets when he hits that hole and he gets downhill quickly and it kind of in a straight line i think his contact balance is much better i think it is for basically any running back but um no but this this is a guy that's comfortable running in between the tackles absolutely okay um yeah, just again, to start where I always start, it's rookie evaluation. He was actually mentioned to me, I heard his name, like I think everyone will, he's really playing Dynasty and um, really interested in fantasy football, probably would have heard his name at some point, but like a lot, or I hope a lot of people, until I went on the road of his radio show, one of the many, that you should definitely check out all of them, and they mentioned his name just in passing as someone that I hadn't mentioned and was a deeper name, and so I actually ran out and found him on two different dynasty waiver wires and added him. And I think a lot of people did that when they heard a mention now and again. And, and you know, the caliber of player that was mentioning him is what really made me run out. So I hadn't done a lot of my own research. He just sat on my roster until week one when I, <laughs> after we saw that, it's like, oh, okay, I should probably check out more about this player. And I found that he rushed, he played late. He played really late. Um, do you know how old Lindsay is right now? Just out of interest. Off the top of my head, I don't... He played late in college. He's actually 24 years old now. Is he really? So from a dynasty perspective, you should probably know that. Yeah, the first rushing numbers I have of him, so when he was playing the, in the actual college divisions, was when he was wow. 20. He, he ran for 17.8% of the team's 
uh, rushing attempts at age 20. It goes up after that. He's got a fine curve and he has good heights, but it was just striking mm -hmm. to me that he played mm -hmm. so late. Um, again, you've done more bio biography research on him, so I don't know if he was playing at uh, community colleges or Division Two before that. Um, but he played for all four years after the age, at the age of 20 to 23, and now he's 24. He had three years catching 9% or more of the team's receptions, which is good. It's a good benchmark. So his numbers are fine, but again, um, lower competition mm -hmm. level. Uh, he was older, so he had the physical advantages he was going to have. <laughs> he had by the time he was playing in college, if I can put it that way. And again, this is a fella who looks at Chris Thompson, who's uh, like 15 pounds heavier than him and, and like an inch taller and thinks he's a pretty big guy. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about Jalen Rashad or um, even Austin Eckler, like those, those guys kind of, he, he would be invisible <laughs> if he was standing behind them. He's got to have been tough just to have done what he did at Colorado, frankly. So I'm not worried about the toughness. And I also, the other thing I don't like to talk about is size being equated to injuries because I'm not convinced of this correlation. Um, if, you know, DJ Funk uh, from DLF tells me there's a correlation, then I'm going to believe it because he's a doctor and he studies exactly that. Well, he studies a lot. But trends between injuries and what causes them. I have not seen anything that really equates to that. Um, Specifically about size and concussions, I see that one thrown really? around a lot, and I don't want to become an advocate for health. I am not a doctor, but when I hear these things, I do ask, and I did ask DJ Funk, and he studied, has studied the correlation, and he actually says that being small does not mean you're more likely to get a concussion. So just to put that out there, not being an advocate, but based on the best research available, you can't say that is true. Um, I can't go into that any further, because I am neither... a doctor or a professional statistician about injuries but he is and and i just asked him just so i would know when i hear it is it something i throw out or not and it's something you can throw out his size does not mean he's more likely to get a concussion i am not going to go down that road instead i'll go down the road of his size has something to do with determining the role he would have and what i think we saw in week one might be uh, his highest rushing volume like the team obviously likes him from what you're seeing i mean the only efficiency metric we use in season and it sucks is yards per carry and who's that like six yards per carry according to player profile at like <laughs> that's pretty good for 15 uh, rushing attempts he's not going to be a 20 touch guy every week it's going to go up and down it's going to be he has running back to upside but not consistently week to week. Most of my dynasty rosters needs that running back two that's not going to be a running back two every week because of the way I draft them. But in season, that guy's probably not going to start over me in a seasonal league, start for me in a seasonal league. So I'm just keeping that in mind. Do you think I'm wrong? Do you think he's going to be a more consistent like, like starter? Like I said in the beginning, this is, this is a guy where I'm really excited about in dynasty just because you are getting him off the waiver wire most likely. And... I think there's been a little bit too much hype on him in redraft leagues. I saw him go for a lot of money in some redraft uh, free agencies where I'd rather have some other players personally, as long as, as long as you're not desperate for running back help. Like if you're desperate for running back help, I understand it because he may be one of the better guys out there. Um, but I think, like you said, it's going to be a little bit hit and miss. Um, I think his rushing volume, as far as like 15 carries, 71 yards, that's that I kind of understand that that could be his highest of the season. Like he's not a phenomenal rusher, 
Um, I think it's I think he's impressive because of what he does for his size. But and we love that, but, right? Football's back. We're yeah. seeing a player doing this sure. these awesome things. That's not again not Le'Veon Bell, but this is not something everyone can do. And we love watching players play. And he was playing, man. Yeah. He had a good week one. Yeah, and, and but what I do see is I think there's more potential for him in the receiving game. Um, I know you have Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas there. You know, you have Corton Sutton getting probably going to get some more targets as we go forward. Um, you know, Denver's probably going to be uh, not a super high volume, a high octane offense, but they'd certainly have the offensive weapons. Um, but if that offense does click, I, I do think that there's a role there for him. And I think his volume in the receiving game could go up where he's a guy that does get you four to five to possibly even six uh, catches a game. And in a PPR league, that's a really nice floor to have if he can get some yardage on top of that. Um, so as, as far as how often you're going to be able to start him and, and kind of that role in, in football, uh, I think he is that kind of perfect target for people that build rosters like you tend to build. Like I tend to build some of my dynasty rosters as well where you're building your core around – if you went on, if if you went on a, a you know a zero RB kind of startup draft in Dynasty, and Philip um, Philip Lindsay is on waivers for free in Dynasty, where basically, and this is what I told people is like, listen, if if he's on your waivers in Dynasty, as long as you can do zero dollar um, bids and there's a first come first serve for free. Um, I'd basically go all in. I'd go like at least 90% on this guy because who else is out there? I mean, unless you're playing in a uh, dynasty league where you have to start two tight ends or it's a tight end premium and you're desperate for uh, Disley out of the Seahawks. I mean, this is this is the guy here. So I do see a role for Philip Lindsay and, and those pass-catching running backs who you can basically get for free in dynasty um, can be valuable assets for your roster. All right, we're going to take a short break to get a message from our sponsors. Are you tired of getting crushed by the pros? DFS players and sport bettors, listen up. TheQuanEdge.com has the tools you need to play like a pro. With our lineup optimizer, injury tool, wide receiver cornerback matchups, and the head-to-head tool, you'll be armed with everything you need to win. Make up to 150 lineups in seconds, see matchups to exploit, and compare players to help you make the right decisions you're on the fence about at TheQuanEdge.com. You'll get exclusive access to industry experts, articles, podcasts, and the TQE community by participating in the premium membership chat. We at Dynasty Crossroads have a special deal for our loyal listeners. Using promo code CROSSROADS, you get $10 off your first month. Go to thequanedge.com to sign up today. Okay, and welcome back. You said you are excited about him in Dynasty. I am to the extent I'm normally looking for someone that can join that that procession of running backs I cycle in based on matchup mm-hmm. um, especially like them because they have upside because they're receivers um, so they can break a big play in the running game or they can break a big play or catch a touchdown which adds an extra point because they caught it in PPR sure so I, that's kind of what I I try to have that I mean ideally you've got a David Johnson at the top and then I have these three guys that I'm trying to cycle in and out doesn't know what my teams don't all look like that because sure. I didn't draft them all. And also because, you know, I get them wrong. And if I can get a solid running back too, I do that. It's not like I prefer to have a carousel. Um, but at Dynasty, 
for, I would say majority of teams, it's a great, here's Philip Lindsay, he's getting points. You can get some, if you, you can add something to Lindsay and get a more stable or someone sure. you think is going to be more sure. stable running back to, that's probably why, where I'm looking at him in Dynasty. Like, I like the player, I think he's going to be good, but at this role. Mm-hmm. And if I can get something better with joining him together with a wide receiver or something, yeah. then I would. Absolutely, and that's actually something I'm looking. I think I'm going to throw out some offers this this week, this weekend, and and I think you have to be, you have to get out of your own way sometimes because, you know, Philip Lindsay, like in, in from my perspective, right? So I picked him up in half of my dynasty leagues. I play in uh, not eight eight dynasties, one's best ball, so really only eight dynasty leagues. I have him in half of my leagues. He's a guy that you know, like when you kind of get him before he becomes hot you know it's exciting you have that connection with him you almost don't want to get rid of him you want to hold on to him and see him succeed but you also see the value shift where you got him for nothing and now if you can package him up because i think that's what you're going to do you're going to use him with somebody else to package up because he does have that sexy appeal right now before reality might sink in and i know i probably have a little bit of that too in my evaluation you know i think he's going to fetch you at least a second round and a second rounder and i think yeah if, if you're gonna sell for picks and you know more power to you i guess i'm i'm but what happened in week one that made him good um they played the seattle seahawks and russell wilson is epic he made a game that should have been a blowout a contest and a great one which he always does which he does he does I honestly, even Russell Wilson, like um, I was trying to do projections for week one and the reason my model only got picked up for week two is one of the reasons is that they, uh, they looked at week one and said, you can't project Russell Wilson for that few of fantasy points. And I was like, but it's Denver, in Denver, <laughs> in September, yeah. in altitude, yeah. Seattle so low, they're going to be out of breath. There is no way. And yeah, it's Russell Wilson. So he, I, I should have kept that in check and yeah that's why the game got much more out of, they should have been blown out but they've got russell wilson by the half time there should have been a mercy rule enacted in that game everything was against them but they had russell wilson that's it so that's what happened would you only start him in games where you think something like that's gonna happen they're playing oakland next week is that that type of game at home yeah i'm not honestly i'm not i'm not so sure it is uh Denver's defense, uh, Oakland's defense, even though they surprisingly played pretty well in that first half to three quarters against the uh, the Rams last week, uh, I think there's certainly a lot of holes in that. Yeah, defense. I wish it wasn't Oakland. I've that got no idea what to say about it. What was yeah, that? Yeah, it, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> but I mean, that's where uh, offenses attack defenses, and that Rams defense, the, the corners are locked, you know, and their their linebackers are young and inexperienced, and that's where they attack the field, and that's where I think you need to figure out where players are going to be utilized against certain matchups. So you would imagine that that would be a game that might get out of hand a little bit early, and that might be more of a ball control game. So thus, you would probably think that's going to be more of a Royce Freeman game. And that might be one of the reasons why I'm looking to possibly flip him this week. Yeah, I think that's fair. It could be ball control. I think in Denver at Oakland without Russell Wilson. I mean, we said we like Derek Carmel the most, but he's not Russell Wilson. <laughs> I can't say that strong <laughs> enough. So... Pulling up four for four um, weekly projections, and I can't stress how great four for four is as far as helping really you set, set your lineups. Like 
you can sync all of your leagues into their projections. I, I use 4-4 every time I can. One of the best parts about being on DLF platform is that I can access 4-4. <laughs> yes. four four. And Philip Lindsay here looks like running back 39, 39, if I've got the right. Yep, I'm right there with you. Lindsay's getting started, is just behind Duke Johnson, just ahead of Marlon Mack. So let's mm-hmm. say they're all synonymous. They're also, you know, theoretic just above that. Stop me if I get to a name you're like, uh, I'd start Philip Lindsay over that. Um, okay. Duke Johnson, theoretic, Marshawn Lynch, Isaiah Crowell, Royce Freeman, funnily enough, uh, on Johnson, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida is actually ahead. Yeah, that's that's one that yeah that one stands out a little bit to me. And the thing with with Breida is his body type and his play style just suits a pass catching role. But he's never been a pass catcher. He wasn't in college, but no. he already like equaled his the number of catches sure. he had in college. Sure, I, yeah. I would. If I have a choice between Lindsay and Breida, I'm probably starting Lindsay this I week, despite I'd, Detroit being so bad. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd roll with with Lindsay there. Um, yeah, I'd start him over Theo Riddick. Chris Carson, I think that, that you know, that backfield's kind of a committee there. Uh, Chicago, decent defense. Uh, you know, Chris Carson's ranked 25th. I mean, I don't think that's far off. That's what I'm seeing. If you are in a position where you're looking for a running back two, in seasonal or dynasty, mm-hmm. if you've got a heavy rusher like a Chris Carson and Lean Lindsay. No, I think that's absolutely the case and there. Here's an interesting way of thinking about these guys, these type of players. I pulled up from 4 for 4, funnily enough. They've got a snap app, which is where I was getting how many, the percentage of snaps they're actually Mm -hmm. involved in and stuff like that. But they also do this interesting thing where they uh, look for how many fantasy points in PPR or standard a player scores per snap. I haven't tested this. I literally just discovered it, but it's fascinating to me. I don't know if it regresses or if it's stable yet. But it's, I think it might work as an interesting comparison. Like Austin Eckler was scoring 1.7 fantasy points per snap he was on the field. Lindsay, interestingly, is almost exactly the same as Chris Thompson. He was scoring 0.7 fantasy points per snap. That to me, he says he's playing more than um, just when they need him. I think Eckler's brought mm-hmm. in when they're going to use him um, for something sure. that scores fantasy points. Sure. I think that's what it's saying. Whereas Thompson and Lindsay are both getting some rushing work, maybe more than Eckler in that game at least. So they're lower, but they're still by far, 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 far ahead of everyone else on their list, this list. Fre- Royce Freeman, where he's restricted just to the rushing game, he's getting 0.16 compared to 0.7 um, fantasy points per snap. Um, Javarius Allen, or Buck Allen, which is a much easier name to say, it was getting 0.47, so... 0.3 less fantasy points and then Philip Lindsay every time they're on the field Jalen Rashad was at 0.46 as well so those two Buck Allen and Jalen Rashad compare I think much more in their use when they're on the field and then Philip Lindsay and Chris Thompson I think I think that's an interesting way to compare them again I haven't been able to test this but just how much they're scoring fantasy points paired sure. to when they're on the field um, Lindsay seems to be getting a Chris Thompson-like fantasy role, at least in some way. Eckler's, I'm guessing, I would say this means mostly he's brought on when he's going to be used. Um, and that's positive, I would say, for Thompson and Lindsay, in that they're on the field because the team wants them on the field in more than just sure. you're going to do something wrong. And I really like Eckler, but looking at that, it does make me think that Lindsay 
Yes, and I think he has. A, I think he has a better opportunity. And the thing with Eckler, I think the game script really suited him that they were down pretty big to the Chiefs and they were playing catch up ball. And that's when you want as many pass catching options in that offense. And um, I think that's that helped him out a little bit there as well. Yeah, I, I think he did fine as a rusher. He did. He did great. He did Chris Thompson, Austin Eckler level work in the receiving game. I think what limits him isn't his size, it's the likely sure. role he's going to have, which is really fascinating because it does have more dual purpose than a Thompson, than an Eckler. And in that way, yeah, you should have slightly more va- more value than him. Um, I, think the, I think the main effect here, outside of someone like me who needs that, that guy to fit into his um, carousel, <laughs> um, is Freeman. Freeman's got a drop, and I don't know that's going to happen quick. I think I don't think we're going to be able to bank that hard or turn that sharply after him going as a 1.2, 1.3 in some rookie drafts like a week ago. But like I like Freeman. Freeman's good. If you've got him on your roster, I would not panic. Like um, unless you thought he was going to be, you know, the 1.02, in which case you should have been panicking since you drafted him. If I had to gut check it, I would say most people would be still buying on Royce Freeman. As far as these players go, I'm excited about watching all of them play because. These two players have just come into the league and seem to be yeah. good in year one. That's fantastic. Very few people can be good in the NFL, let alone good in year one. So don't undervalue them. Um, like, if you've got Royce Freeman and I'm in your league, don't accept that terrible trade <laughs> offer I'm about to send you. You know, um, same with Lindsay. I mean, and um, they're both good at doing mm-hmm. something in the NFL. Just don't, like, panic on that. <laughs> Either way. I want to stay positive on both these players. Again, remember, they're rookies. Neither has like a wealth of opportunity handed to them as a fourth-round draft pick and an undrafted free agent. And they've cut in, and they've been amazing at what they do. So I'm optimistic about both, just keeping what that optimism is, right, in perspective. So hit us up on Twitter uh, if you have questions about any of them, who you might want to start them over or under. And we'll be happy to respond. You can contact us at PA Howdy, at Jake Anderson FF, or at Dino Crossroads, and we'll both try and answer you first. So thanks for coming to the Crossroads this week. We will see you again next week when we talk about one player at a time from two different perspectives, both film and analytics. Head up. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Really never mentioned DLF, and I don't like. I do appreciate Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Jake's not listening to me, or he would have giggled because that's why me and Jake get on so well. He laughs at my bad The dynasty crossroad where numbers are the king. There may not be consensus. Jared Cook going for 180 yards. That'll happen. <laughs> yeah, baby. Don't forget to check out. Uh, don't forget to try and leave a rating or review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. That helps us out a lot. And it's also a great way for you to give us feedback on what we can do, what we can add, especially in season where we're trying to find our best format to help you out and also provide some entertainment and some interesting football talk.